Good morning, INACA. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the INACA Traveler, the first and only show where you can see the world through the eyes of our students. I'm your host, Jason Agins, U.S. history teacher by day and world traveler by days off. INACA, or International Connections Academy, is a K-12 online private school that students attend from home. INACA brings a fully accredited U.S. education directly to your family's door, anywhere in the world. Learn more at internationalconnectionsacademy.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the INACA Traveler. This week, we are joined by Alex, who's coming to us from Australia. So, Alex, I'd like to welcome you to the show, and we appreciate you joining us and telling us a little bit about your experience and your slice of the world. This is the first time we've had someone from Australia. I think this is the furthest we've ever gone, or at least furthest from me. Prior to this conversation, I think one of the first things that come to mind for me about Australia are uh, definitely surfing. Um, but another thing that comes to mind for me about Australia is I just picture Australia, as, and it might be because I've never been there, but I always think of all these like dangerous animals and creatures that live there, whether it's in the outback or in the ocean, like tiny little box jellyfish that can kill you with a single touch or uh, wild animals out in the, the outback and spiders and snakes. It just seems like... Uh, all, all the dangerous uh, animals and, and bugs and things like that are, are in Australia. But um, we're going to get into all that and more in today's episode. So let's start out with you, Alex. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, explain to me how would your friends describe you or your family even. If I asked your friends or family, what is Alex like, what would they say? Um, they would probably say... I'm funny, or they'd say intelligent, maybe, I don't know, um, but uh, I'd also say about myself, I'd say loyal. Gotcha, gotcha, very good, that's a good quality to have, definitely loyalty. So, what do you like to do for fun after after school each day? So, when you turn off the computer and you're done with your INACA schoolwork for the day, it's been a long day, what are you doing for fun each day? Um... It depends. It could be I go out sometimes because if, like, some days my parents are home, or it could be I could be just chilling on the couch, just watching TV and stuff, or I could, uh, and then sometimes I go swimming um, since we have a pool, as, um, so I go swimming, you know, just to kind of relax. And they have a spa there, so that's nice. And I also, um, I don't know, it just depends. Right, right, gotcha, gotcha. Do you, have any, uh, do you have any pets or anything like that? Yeah, I have a cat right now next to me, well, like a few meters away. And his name is Glitter. It's quite a, a strange name for a male cat, but um, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That is an interesting name. So what do you want to do for a living when you grow up? So what do you want to do for a living? I mean, I have, I, it always changes, but uh, I wouldn't really have a definite thought about that until I'm, like, a lot older. But for now, I'm kind of seeing myself doing something to do with things I'm good at. Exe uh, for example, like, I'd say art maybe or to do with, like, I don't know, something to do with, like, editing, um, yeah. Right, right. Okay, um, are you talking, like, uh, art as in, like, pictures, or in, like, when you say editing, like, video editing, what, what, uh, specifically do you like, uh, as far as that's concerned? Um, so, I like video editing on Adobe After Effects, I like, kind of, just playing around with that and kind of animating a bit. And I also, for art, I just kind of, I like 
I'm thinking about doing some little animations and stuff, but I haven't really gotten around to do that since I don't have the right equipment, but I think I will soon, hopefully, I don't know. But um, editing right now is got, I'm doing that mostly, and I'm just kind of teaching myself, which is really hard, but, you know, it's kind of working out. Gotcha, gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah, I like to edit videos myself. For, uh, you know, we make stuff for our iNACA YouTube channel and things like that. Uh, I'm definitely not on the Adobe level. Um, I use Sony Vegas. It's a little bit more, a uh, little bit better, easier for for um, amateurs. But yeah, that's a great skill to have, and you'd be surprised, you know, once you get into the working world, how much you actually end up using it. And you know, people really rely on you for those types of skills because it's not it's not something everybody everybody can do, and that's a good good skill to have. Um, what about music? What kind of music do you listen to? So if I was to turn on your CD player or your iPod or whatever, what uh, what kind of music would I hear? Um, I I'd kind of say I don't really have a specific music taste, I guess. Um, but if I had to say, I'd say like kind of there's like this kind of genre called chill. It's like a a chill kind of music. It's just kind of relaxing. And, you know, and then I, I'd also, you know, maybe go for a little bit of pop. But I'm not really into that much music because it all kind of is not that good nowadays. But I think, like, I kind of like more older music because it just has a better kind of quality to it. Right, right, right. Very true. Okay. And so is the majority of the music, just out of curiosity, is it like... Uh... Australian music or um, American music or is it just kind of wherever? I'd say wherever. I don't really listen to Australian music because you don't really, you know, I never really know if it's Australian or American or anything. So you're right. just kind of, uh, kind of listening to it. Yeah, that's, that's a great point you made. Uh, there's a lot of really good music that comes out of Australia, but like, like, for example, one of my favorite bands for the past couple of years is called Empire of the Sun. I had no idea that they were Australian until, like, after listening to them for at least a year. And, uh, um, yeah, they, uh, I guess when you're singing, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. But then finally when I saw, like, an interview with them, uh, you, the accent came out and everything like that. Yeah. Any uh, favorite movies or TV shows or anything, uh, any Australian movies you could suggest? Um, Australian movies? Like, you don't really, it wouldn't be in your normal cinema. You just see American movies. Um, but Australian movies, I wouldn't, you wouldn't really know whether, like, again, with the music, it would be the same thing. Um, but I do movies I do and TV shows I do like I kind of am, am into like this Australian TV show with my parents um in the evening it's called My Kitchen Rules and it's like it's a reality show and it's about cooking and it, it has kind of a lot of drama in it as well and it's kind of funny but um I would say you know it's not supposed to have drama in it but it's kind of this year it has like a lot of fights in it like you know, just the whole reality TV show fights, and it's just funny. And we watch that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sundays, because those are the nights it's on. And it's really popular. Everyone kind of watches it in Australia. It's I, I highly suggest watching it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, those are those are funny shows. Those are uh, like I never mean to start watching them, but they're on. When they're on, I'll just start watching them, and the. the there goes the evening. You know what I mean? It just it just pulls your pulls your time in, and I think that's they make them like that on on uh, on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It used to just before this season, it was just kind of really serious and stuff with just a tiny bit of drama. But I think they've kind of like stepped it up to be more entertaining instead of more fractal cooking. Which you know, I kind of me and my parents really. Um, kind of watch it for the cooking, but, you know, because um, this year the cooks haven't been very good. They've just um, one one out of ten for every single thing they make. It's pretty bad. Right, right. Good point. Um, <clears throat> okay, so tell us a little bit. Uh, how long have you been with iNACA, 
Uh, what brings you to us? You know, how, how long have you been here first? Well, I only started actually this semester, so I haven't been here for actually that long at all. But I just kind of, you know, it was... Um, um, so I came here uh, just this year, and in um, Australia, I just finished last year so I could come to this school, I guess. Um, the only reason I kind of moved here is just because this school environment is a lot better than me than for me than the high school environment. I don't really have, you know, many, I'd say, good schools around me, and they're not very, they're not really the greatest. And I think have, I'm more of an independent worker, and I prefer just having, just getting straight to the point and working, and it's just so much more easier and like I have a lot more flexibility now like since yesterday I did quite a lot of subjects so today I only have like a couple to do so that's pretty good. Great, great, glad to hear it, awesome. So um, ha it sounds like you've been making the adjustment to uh, um, virtual school pretty well. I mean I know it's a, it's definitely a big jump uh, going from a traditional brick and mortar school to you know, the virtual environment. I, I think back to when I started teaching in it, and I, even as an adult and as a teacher, I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is this is quite a quite a difference. Um, but I mean, eventually, I you know, I caught on to it, and now I love it. So how do you like uh, working from home as, it, as opposed to, uh, you know, getting up and taking the bus to school, that type of thing? Oh, it's a lot better. I can, you know, you know, I can I can go to basically go to school in pajamas. Um, which is, I don't know if you call them pajamas. Oh yes, yep. We, we everybody here knows all about going to school in pajamas. That's a that should be our our tagline. But yeah, that's that's definitely a, a fun thing, especially uh, when I was working in the classroom. You know, having to dress up with a tie and everything every day. It's just too much. Yeah. What is your um, uh, what is your favorite subject here at INACA? What's your favorite subject in school? What do you like to learn about? Uh, my favorite subject is probably, at the moment, it would be English. I don't know. I'm just kind of doing well in it right now, and um, I'm enjoying it because the kind of unit we're doing. I also kind of like history and geography. Those are kind of fun. It's just, I think... Yeah, it's pretty good. I love those subjects. And I also do German as well. But I kind of have, I already know a lot of German from my mom's side, but, you know, um, it, I still want to do it just to kind of get better at it. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you speak it, or uh, is it just kind of like you know some phrases here and there? Um, I'd say I'm middle, not really... I wouldn't really consider myself fluent yet, but I consider myself on the way. Interesting. I've never heard German spoke with an Australian accent. That that might be must be interesting to sound. Uh, how are you with the German accent? Are you able to put the Australian one away, or is it does it shine through? I don't know. Oh, you never have you never spoke to a German person and have them uh, criticize you on that? Because whenever I speak Spanish, uh, it comes out with the American accent and. Uh, or, or any language for that matter. Uh, I, I love learning languages. I, I studied Russian and it, all that stuff. I can't. I can never get the accent right. Yeah, I, I have. Um, I have. I guess I like. I've never been criticized on it, so I guess I can. Good. Good. That's good to hear. Okay, so let's get into the beef of the podcast. Where are you going to tell us about today? So where do you live? Um, what's it near, and how long have you lived there? Well, I live in Sydney, Australia, which, by the way, should be the capital, second of all. Um, I, uh, sorry, um, just reading the question. Right, how, how long have you lived there? I've lived here for 12 years, I think, um, uh, 11 and a half, I don't know, but I've lived here a long time, and, um, you know, it's been pretty good. I, lo I love Australia. 
But good, I think good. be good to have a change and maybe go somewhere new eventually. Right, right. Okay, so yeah, I know you mentioned uh, you think Sydney should be the capital. I've I've heard that before. What what is the capital? Canberra is that what it is? It's Canberra. Canberra. It's just pronounced that way. I don't know. It it looks like it's Canberra, but it's Canberra. Yeah. So is that? Um, have you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there. It's like a kind of cross. It's like the middle of Melbourne and Sydney because like those two were fighting over like the capital. So they, that was made on the border of both, I think. This is what I think. This is what just somebody told me, so it might be incorrect. But, you know, if that's, you know. Right, right. That's kind of what happened, a similar situation happened in the, in the United States as well. They couldn't, you know, we didn't know, should we have the capital in the north? Well, no, because it's not fair to the south. So should we have it in the south? No, because it's not fair to the north. So they put it in the middle, and that's why we have a, Washington, D.C. is kind of in the mid-Atlantic. I guess today, if you were to make the capital, it would be in, like, Nebraska or something, but, you know, not a lot of people live there, so uh, it's still Washington, D.C. So you've lived there, you've lived in uh, Sydney for about 12 years, you said, and where, where did you live before that? Um, I lived in England. Right, right. Okay, so um, I think everybody listening would know where Australia is. But for those of us that don't know where Sydney is, all right, we're thinking of Australia. Where in Australia is Sydney? It's kind of on the lower Middle East coast of Australia, near New Zealand. It's on that side, like if you faced, it's just on the very east, kind of like where around the place where, let me think what state that is. I guess maybe north, the, the state above Florida. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so if it was the same shape as the U.S., you'd be in, like, Georgia, which is just above Florida. So, okay, yeah, so the east, southeast part of the country. All right, and what's, um, what's your housing like? Do you live in an apartment, a house, castle? What, what's your uh, housing situation like there? Uh, we live in, well, we've kind of moved around a lot from house to different things, but now we're kind of in an apartment because we're kind of downsized because it's easier if we have to move again. Because we just kind of, I guess, move around. Gotcha, gotcha. What what brings you guys moving around a lot? Is it a job, or do you guys just like uh, you like to move around? Um, no, we just uh, what is uh, uh, we move around just, I guess, just because it's kind of to be closer to a school or something like along that line. Right, right, yeah. I know, I, I, I'm the same way. I think back to like uh, the amount of times I've moved as an adult versus like when I was a kid. My parents have been in the same house for like 30 years and like I, I just couldn't even imagine that. Uh, I feel like society is much more mobile today. So what's your, uh, what's your neighborhood like? What spots do you like to go with your friends or family in your, in your neighborhood? Um, well, my friends don't live exactly, I guess. They live... I'd say, sorry, my cat's just, um, so I would say, um, close to me, I have a shopping center right opposite me where it's not really, I wouldn't really consider it one of those large ones where you go, you know, buy everything that you could think of, but you just kind of go there for food or just to buy some groceries and then, you know, they have some decent food there so I sometimes go over um, I guess um, in my kind of lunch break I go with my mum up there and get some food and then I come back and do more school just to finish and then uh, around me I go sometimes in, with my friends I go to the city or I go somewhere close to me I go to the movies or something along the lines of that right right okay and so I know you're kind of like in the outskirts of Sydney, more in the suburbs, but when you go into town, when you go into the city of Sydney, um, what are the big attractions that you know bring you into, into the city, or, or what are the big attractions that people go to for fun in Sydney? Um, the Harbour Bridge, obviously, um, Luna Park, which is an amusement park just below 
the Harbour Bridge. You know, you don't really see that many tourists, but sometimes you do. It kind of just depends. Um, there's also the Sydney Opera House and then the city itself. And then there's just a lot of museums and sculptures and stuff that people come to see. And then there's a, quite a big zoo as well. And there's a few kind of different like wildlife parks actually in the city. And then there's Darling Harbour, which is just kind of like a huge kind of place where boats are. And there's like loads of old kind of navy boats or whatever if it's called that where people can go on and just, you know, get information and stuff about things that happened in the past and I guess, but most people see the Sydney Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. Right, right. It is a, the Sydney Opera House is definitely a beautiful building. Um, one of the most beautiful in the world, I think. And um, I don't know if you knew this, but at least for Americans, Australia is kind of at the top of the list for a lot of people in terms of travel aspirations, places that like, you know, where, where's the one place you'd want to go before you die? A lot of people say Australia, and even me, who who I've you know I've traveled quite a bit. I've been to many places, but I've still never made it to Australia. It's just because it's so far. So I'm wondering, um, what you know, do do you get a lot of tourists that visit you know Sydney? And if so, where are they from? Are they is it a lot of people from New Zealand, or is it you know you get a lot of people from Asia because it's so close, like Japanese or Chinese? Or do you find that, yeah, you do get a lot of Americans there? No, we only mainly get um, either people from around Asia or Europe. We ne I've never seen an American tourist ever. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Hopefully I'll, uh, hopefully I'll make it there and uh, we can all hang out one time. We'll, we'll change that. You'll see an American tourist for the first time. So... Um, tell me a little bit about about your friends in the area. Do you know a lot of people in your area? Tell me a little about some of your friends. Um, my friends are, you know, they're, they're near me. Um, they're really nice. We, uh, I'm actually going to do, uh, I usually do something with one of my friends or a group of my friends every week. Uh, you know, I kind of like to have a mix of friends. I have just... Um, you know, I like to be, I don't want to be confined to, you know, just being friends with boys or just being friends with girls. I have a mix because um, in school we had like a group that was just a whole mix, which was really cool because um, I went to a co-ed school. So that was good. And I just kind of uh, left. I, I just had a lot of friends and they were all, uh, we like to be quite diverse and, you know, we had a lot of we were very accepting, so that was cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, what do you What do you like to do for fun? So, um, when you get together with your friends, what do you guys uh, What do you guys end up doing? Uh, we mainly only um, some friends. I go to the arc an arcade or go to the movies, and then some friends I go to this place. It's like a computer place where you can play video games together. And then other times I can I'll go to, I'll go to the city and I went to Paddy's Market which yet yeah, is another place where people go a lot of the uh, more Asian tourists go there because it's just really you know it's cool and it's uh you know it it's just something they like to do I don't know but you'll see a lot over there and then um uh it I don't really I'm not really into Paddy's Market it's kind of a rip off. It's basically they sell illegal stuff, and they'll like shout at you if you try to take a picture of something. It's it's quite aggressive, but yet again, it's a lot better than most markets you'll see that are kind of illegal. But it's they sell stuff there that's like quite it's like knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, I could see a lot of that um, coming in from like China and other places like that, where it's that that sort of thing is prevalent. Um, so just out of curiosity, so. Do you, like, when you're hanging out with friends and you guys want to go into Sydney, do you, I mean, I don't know if you drive yet, or, or do you drive, or do you take the bus, or, you know, how, how do you get into town? We, I take a bus to a train, I, um, and then, you know, we all meet, we usually are on the same train, and then um, we just kind of go to the city. It takes, train, it takes, like, 
20-30 minutes mainly because of the stops they're quite like there's quite a lot of there's maybe around from the place I live there's like 10 to 15 um, stops until you get to the Sydney but you know once you actually get to the city itself there's actually loads of stops within it so that's you know right right and what and what does a bus or a train ticket cost um, well, we use something called an Opal card, which is, it's like a card where you tap on and then it has money in it already that you put on and it's just kind of like this easy way of doing it. Um, and then you, you tap on and then it says your balance and then when you get off, you can tap off and it will take the money that's used. And usually it costs around, I'd say $2, um, which I guess is around one dollar in your currency. Yeah, I just googled that. Okay, so two Australian dollars is a dollar fifty-seven, a, a dollar, a one U.S. dollar and fifty-seven cents. So, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal, dollar fifty-seven, and you're in one of the great world capitals. All right. So now let's talk about one of my favorite subjects. Anybody that comes to my live lessons, especially since I have, you know, noon, 12 p.m. lunch uh, lunchtime live lesson. So I'm always hungry. So we always end up talking about food. In fact, today we did a poll about, uh, I guess, favorite fast food restaurants and favorite types of food and things like that. So let's talk about food. I love food. So what does a normal dinner look like at uh, your house. So let's say I was to come over for dinner. Uh, what's a typical night's dinner for you guys? What do you guys like to cook? Um, we usually eat, you know, it's a different, it's a whole different stuff. It, mostly I'd say Asian food for some reason. I don't know. I guess my parents like, well, my parents, I guess, like making that, and then you'll get a mix of Italian, and then I, I don't know what I don't. I wouldn't really consider anything Australian food because it's really that really isn't much. Most Australian food is what most English people would eat. So when I think of Australian food, uh, not a lot comes to mind. I mean, there's certain things like uh, uh, Vegemite or wheat bakes or things like that or I know in New Zealand they eat a lot of meat pies uh, and I'm sure that's popular in in Australia but I would imagine a lot of Australian food is uh, British food which in effect due to colonialism is basically global food at this point um, so tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about Vegemite um, it's basically I don't know what's in it but it's really good Vegemite I usually have rice cakes and I kind of, I get a bit of Vegemite and just kind of have it in a little dish and just dip the rice cake. It's kind of, I use it like a, kind of like as a dip. Um, uh, most people have it on toast with butter because it kind of drowns out the flavor of Vegemite just to make it less salty. But I don't know, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of weird and I kind of like it. Right, right. So it's kind of like a, a spread and it's it's a bit salty. It's kind of like... I'm trying to think what it's very salty. It's very salty. I'm trying to think of something in the US that would be similar to that. Uh and it's made out of like vegetables. Um I I mean, I think it's made out of I don't know. It, I don't think it's actually made out of vegetables. I think it's made out of like yeast extract. Yeah, I'm just I'm searching it okay. right now. I'm looking on online. It says Vegemite is a thick black Australian food spread made from leftover brewer's yeast extract with various vegetable and spice additives. It was invented in 1922. Okay, all right. I guess that's. Uh, um, I guess that makes sense. Oh, I see. Okay, so you put it on like toast and things like that. And you said you put it on rice cakes. I guess that's good. Maybe I guess the closest thing that we could think of it is like uh, Australian hummus. I guess that's probably the the only thing I could compare it to, in, at least in terms of consistency. Now, what about like, um, I, I know in some parts of Australia they eat uh, kangaroo. Uh, is that like a popular thing or is that, you know, 
is that like kind of a weird thing to eat? So like, I mean, I know people eat frog legs in the United States or, or alligator, but that's generally not like a normal food. I mean, even people that eat that probably know that's kind of on the fringes of, of food in the United States. It's not like it's chicken or something like that. Uh, so is kangaroo something that's eaten regularly, or is that kind of an, a weirder food? No. Australians eating kangaroos kind of like most people would see it weird being weird because it's one of like the national animals right. so you know they're kind of the animals that you should like stay away from um those include like kangaroo I think it's wombats koala and an emu right all of them would be really weird if you ate them but I mean you'll see sadly like on the road you'll see like one pop out and then it will like you know, sadly, be run over or something. Right. So, do they have a kangaroos in in your area as well, or is that more like in the outback? Where Where do those guys live? Well, when I went on the car back from Melbourne, which is uh, in Victoria, back to New South Wales a few weeks ago, I, you know, we were we were basically driving back um just you know there are a lot of signs saying you know kangaroos coming out and that and there was also this island we went on and one just jumped out and luckily we missed it because we didn't want to hit it obviously but then you know it just hopped away they're very they're very fast and if you're if they're hit by a car they'll most likely damage your car yeah. a lot it's like very they're bad. big aren't they they get big well, the one we saw wasn't that big. It was like maybe two meters. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of them. Um, some of them are little and some are, I mean, they, I guess the, the males can get pretty big. Uh, are they are they dangerous or is it is it the type of animal you can go up to and say, you know, hey, how you doing? Like I say to my, my dog Lucy or is it is it like a horse where, you know, yeah, you can go up to it but proceed with caution in case it kicks you? What What's, uh, what's the threat level? They're like cats. They're very calm. They're very chill. But you know, you don't want to. I mean, you don't want to annoy them and don't go near their children because that's just like, basically, you know, that's basically just saying, "Oh, I want to die," to a kangaroo. <laughs> um, yeah. Like cats. Gotcha. Enough said. I uh, I know how you feel. I kind of have a love hate relationship with cats. I. I think they're cute. Oh, I love them. What's that? I love yeah, them. I, th I oh, think my. they're cute, but, like, I just I feel very afraid when they're in my lap just sitting there because, like, I've had situations where, you know, I think I have a good thing going, with, and me and this cat are getting along. But then all of a sudden it just goes, and it just scratches you. Like, I one time, one nearly, like, sliced my stomach open. Uh, yeah. You never know. Um with cats, you have to basically see if their tail, if their tail is like wagging like a dog, that does not mean that they're happy. That means they're really annoyed. So you've got to stay away when they're like that. And their pupils go really big, like the black. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've learned they also don't like to be pet uh, against the grain. Like you got to go with the hair. You don't, don't like ruffle the hair up and everything. They don't like that. Yeah, they're, they're very hygienic animals. Right, right, yeah. Okay, so speaking of animals, and I, I know we mentioned this before, uh, I just have this impression, and I, I think a lot of Americans do, and whether it's deserved or not, but a lot of just the deadliest spiders and the deadliest snakes and the deadliest jellyfish and the deadly, deadliest insects, they all live in Australia. Uh, what, what's, what's all that about? Is that, you know, true or is that like, uh, you know, what are you talking about? I mean, it's a very dangerous country, but you wouldn't if most if people were in that area. Like I'm not in an area where you typically find a snake that's gonna jump out at you. But if I was, I would be equipped with like things around my legs that are kind of snake proof. I'd be more smart about it. I I used to live in an area, and I was with my friend one day. There was a baby, uh, one of the one of the most dangerous snakes in the world. This baby of that, my friend wanted to touch it, so that was quite smart. Um, and then there was a big one, the mum, and then 
you know, we rushed into the house while he's out there touching it and then like this and then the neighbors saw it and then just came rushing over with buckets just putting them over and you know that was I was living in an area where there are a lot of snakes um there are a lot of spiders in damp places but they won't really only funnel webs will attack you the rest probably won't um the ones with the red on their back they won't unless you obviously disturb them um funnel webs just a very vicious um I've only had one encounter with them, um, and my dad, you know, you know, it was trying to attack my dad and trying to bite him, and then my dad had to put a jar over it and just throw it in the bin. Um, so yeah. Wow, wow, that's that's wild. You know, and I, I think Australia. I mean, given that it's such a big country, um, you know, like like the U.S., obviously there's beaches, there's uh, forested regions, there's rainforests. You got a lot of different ecosystems. And and my favorite landscape, uh, I guess this makes me kind of an, an outlier, is I always like the desert. I'm fascinated by the desert. Just the sheer barren landscape of a desert I find so peaceful and tranquil. And, I, you know, I've traveled to some. I've seen the Sahara Desert in Africa. But I've, I've always wanted to see, you know, the outback. And it's not, it's not your traditional desert. It's not like, uh, um, I mean, I'm sure there is sandy dunes in some some parts, but uh, um, there still are people and there's still cities out there somewhat, but uh, have you traveled through the outback at all? Uh, have you been to that area of your country? Um, not really. Not many people do. I have actually flown over it. There's a lot of, it's a lot of red. I think I have maybe gone a little bit, you know, it's here and there, but I think it's the very middle of Australia where it's the hottest. Um, you'll find a lot there. I, I, but um, just to go back on my last question, I'd also want to mention that the the beaches are very, very dangerous. Um, in some parts, they'll have warnings as sharks. There's the most dangerous um, jellyfish that you could imagine. You know, that's where most people would die. But, you know, snakes and spiders... You know, you don't see typically only one death a year. You mainly see because we have like, you know, you know, we have places all around us where we can get anti venom, and it doesn't typically kill you in an hour. It typically, you know, takes a couple hours. You have enough time to get to a hospital and stuff. Right, right. Good point. Yeah, I um, I, I agree with you what you're saying about uh the beaches. Uh, I live in Florida, uh, which is very famous for its beaches. And even still, I, I live maybe 20 minutes from the beach, and I haven't gone to, I haven't gone swimming in the beach in probably a decade, maybe. And uh, I just feel like when you get into the water as a human, you move down the food chain a few notches. Uh, like walking around town, I'm not worried that you know some animal's gonna like a lion's gonna come pounce on me or something like that. I'm not really worried about you know bees or or spiders or anything like that. But when I go in the water, yeah, I'm worried about sharks and jellyfish and man of war and who knows whatever else is, you know, sea creatures or whatever is down there. Giant squid gonna come eat me up or something like that. I, I worry about that stuff and uh, I could see that in Australia. I, I would definitely not be swimming. That's for sure. But I would like to see the outback. I'd love to do, uh, um, you know, flying to Sydney see Melbourne, and then, you know, go up to Alice Springs and then cross over to, to Darwin and just really cross through uh, the, the heart of the heart of, uh, the heart of that country. To get, like, an experience. Sorry no, no, go ahead. Um, uh, I'd suggest going, you know, for a whole year, basically, having a whole gap year just to go everywhere since it's so large and there's... Like, I haven't gone to every state. I've only gone to Queensland, this state I'm in, Melbourne, well, Victoria, and then South Australia. I haven't been anywhere else. Um, I, I don't think we plan on, you know, it's not really, the states I've said are mainly the ones most people visit, and the rest are just more for people, I guess, like, you that want to see the right, desert and right. stuff. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, what, what really would bring you living near Sydney like, what would you need to go to Alice Springs for? It's in, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's not. Well, 
is a huge red rock landmark that that's kind of you used to be able to go and climb onto it but now you can't because it's offensive to the average right. culture there's a lot around there and you know you have to be really respectful because it is theirs and you know I guess a lot of tourists aren't and that's why it's banned now a lot of Aboriginal landmarks are now banned because of tourists. Right, right, yeah. That's a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's bad that it came to that, but it's good that they're protecting it. Um, but yeah, learning about the Aboriginal culture, I think, is um, it's really important. Uh, you know, it's, there's not a lot of societies like that left in the world, and uh, I feel like the Aboriginal culture in Australia is one of the more well-preserved ones. Um, of indigenous people. Uh, do they teach you a lot about that in, in school there? Do they teach you a lot about like the Aborigines and their cultures and you know their experience? Um, usually every year you get a couple days in the year where you learn about Aboriginals. We also have um, NADOC Day which is specifically for Aboriginals where we celebrate about, well not really celebrate but kind of it's more like an apology I guess because of you know ha um, taking over their land, but I guess it could be a good thing in a way because, you know, we're in harmony. There hasn't been any wars, which is a good thing. They're not really, they're a very peaceful culture. They all, you'll mostly find them in the Northern Territory. They have a, it's mainly that whole state is for Aboriginals culture. A lot of them go around there and then you'll see a few in Sydney, but it's actually kind of weird that you don't see that many and it'd be good to see some because I really like their culture and um, you know, they're very nice people and they just have a really, it's kind of a bit like the Buddhist religion. They're very chill and they're just, you know, they're very kind. Right. You actually, you actually just made me think of something. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. One of my favorite movies, it's called Rabbit Proof Fence. Have you ever heard of that movie? Um, it's actually an Australian, I think it's an Australian movie. It's a, it's a true story about, uh, three Aboriginal girls who were kind of taken from their families in, their in the 1930s to kind of be trained to have more of like uh, the Westerners type of life. Uh, but they ran away and they, um, they walked like almost the length of Australia to get back to their, uh, to their family. It's a, it's a really good movie. So if you're interested in Aboriginal culture, check out the movie uh, Rabbit Proof Fence. It's got a... Uh, I think it's Ewan McGregor's in it. He's one of my favorite actors. Uh, I can't remember if he was in it. I think he's in it. But yeah, good movie. Check it out. Rabbit Proof Fence. All right. So, talking a little bit about movies, let's jump into music. Now, I love music. And uh, having traveled to, you know, a bunch of different places in the world, I am aware that, you know, American music is like everywhere. That's kind of like one of our uh, biggest exports, for better or for worse. Um, but when I when you think of music that's local to Australia, uh, what what is that? I mean, I know Australian music. It's you know it's out there, but it's it's not uniquely it's it's not in your face Australian. It's not like uh, oh man, what's that song from the eighties? Uh, I come from a land down under. What what's that song? Men at Work or whatever. That, like that's real in your face Australian. I mean, they're singing about. Uh, Vegemite and Down Under and all this stuff. Um, but there's even Australian music, like, for some reason, Australia participates in Eurovision. I don't know how that happened, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, because our country loves it so much. We're, like, religiously <laughs> addicted to Eurovision that they're just like, you know what, you know, this country have been, like, huge fans forever and we've been trying to get in for, you know, the, the whole time. Everyone loves it. Yeah, that they've just, you know, kind of just been like, what the heck? I, but I know it kind of, I don't think they should have done that because, you know, then it'll be like, oh, but America wants to come in. But I, I think it should just be exclusive right, to Europe. Right, right. I honest. mean, to be fair, if they open it up to all the European, like, you know, whether it's French or Italian or British colonies, that's pretty much the whole world at that point. You know, if you're going to include every country that uh, was once a British colony, that's a... Uh, or Spanish colonies. That's uh, that's pretty much everybody at that point. But yeah, Australia they uh they snuck their way in there. But I know it's really popular there. So um, um, you guys actually had a really good song last year. I think it almost won that uh the 
that Sound of Silence or whatever that song's called? Yeah, the Aboriginal boy, uh, he sang it. I, I can't really remember it, but I think he got quite far. But um, I, I usually go for Australia and Germany, which are kind of my main gotcha. countries, but want Germany as well really doesn't. It's only one of right, the times. Right, right, yeah. Um, so when you think of music that's local to Australia, not just the Eurovision stuff, uh, any famous Australian artists that we should know of? Uh, I mentioned Empire of the Sun earlier because that's like a pretty popular band, um, at least here, uh, and I know they're Australian. But when you think of like the most famous Australian musicians, like who's your the Beatles, who's your Michael Jackson, who's your uh, Coldplay, who, who, are the, who are the big ones from Australia? Um, I, I just need to look up the name for a second because I know what it is, but, um, you know, I just need to see the people. Um, I think more 20, like, we oh, we have Sia, that's an Australian singer. She's very popular. Um, but most people in Australia listen to in people. If you look up singers in Australia, those people, more the young people, are more what we listen to. I guess you know those are the more popular Australian singers that you'll see. And then the ones that are like older are probably like more Australian slash folk kind of singers. The one like that song, um, and you know nobody really listens to that kind of music because it's kind of not really that good but no offense to Australians but um and then you'll you'll hear it on the radio if you're like in on like a road trip you'll hear it because it's like the only thing that's on around there because there's so many of like real Australians around on in you know the right area. right yeah yeah I'd like um I'd like to hear more of a that folk music you say is there any particular uh I don't know if that's your your scene or whatever but do you know any particular Australian folk music musicians or bands uh that we could look up on youtube or people in the audience if they want to hear more anybody you would you would suggest if we wanted to hear some australian folk music <laughs> not really because um ah you never really remember the person's name but you just kind of know the song gotcha, it's quite gotcha. Popular. yeah but i didn't know um, sia was uh australian so that that's a that just totally proves my point is like a lot of Australian musicians, they're out there, but they're they're hidden about it. They're not real yeah. uh, in, in your face about it the way. Uh, um, what what is that band from the eighties? That is it, Men at Work, Down Under. Is that the name of that song? Let me see. Yep, Men at Work, Down Under. Um, that is that that should be like. Uh, that's probably the most famous Australian song that I that I know of. Uh, at least here in the U.S., it was it was it was a huge hit. It might not have even been that big there, but uh, yeah, check that out. That's a that's a fun little song, and especially the video. It's it's hilarious. All right. So, what are some of the big holidays that are celebrated in your country? I mean, I know we have all the religious holidays that span across borders, but what are some unique some holidays that are unique to Australia? Um, most of the holidays we get are quite depressing, but we're like, we have Anzac Day, which is for the Australian soldiers that died, which we get the day off. Um, there's Remembrance Day, which falls around my birthday, and, and then we have the Queen's birthday, but England, I don't know if they get the day off from that, but when, it's like, it's not exactly on the Queen's birthday, it's like a month after, I don't know why, it's just like that, and then we, we just kind of have loads of different one day holidays, and then we have, um, then school holidays, they're quite, ugh, I don't like school holidays around here, because they're so, they're not spread apart at all, you have to, you have like 10 weeks, and then you have two weeks off, and then it's just constant, and, um, you know, I've looked into this school and it's just like the the break, I like how it's more spread out. So you'll get like a few days off every so often. Like one, even every month you have like at least once, like one day. Right, off, right. Yeah, and it's, it must be interesting for you too because we kind of follow at INACA. Of course, we're an international school, but uh, the calendar kind of follows 
what's typical in the American school system. So you're going to get certain holidays off that probably aren't holidays in in uh, like I know you guys aren't selling celebrating President's Day. I mean, President's Day is a you know it's an American holiday. Um, <laughs> yeah, President's Day is in is in this month in February. Uh, and then we have Martin Luther King Day. That was in January. Um, I don't think that's a national holiday there. I mean, he's an American figure. But um, talking about uh, those types of things, this brings me to my, my next question. This is like my favorite question to ask people. So I have to ask this as a social studies teacher. So if you were the uh, prime minister or the leader of your country, what would you do to make it a better place? So if, if you were the leader, what would you change? What would you do to make Australia uh, a better place? Um, trying to think what we don't really have many problems around here, but if I'd have to say, I'd I can't sure say as many as you want. Okay, so the first thing I'd do is change the ecosystem and environment. I'd change um, how we handle rubbish because you know we have a landmark called the Great Barrier Reef and it's basically destroyed by tourists um, and I'd really want to make restrictions onto on the environment and I just I, I, I just think that all these amazing places are basically being ruined and I'd put regulations and restrictions and then I'd make uh, and I'd also I just kind of change how we you like kind of use rubbish and we make it basically a full-on recyclable everything would be uh, like renewable every um so that would be that and then another thing i'd do is probably maybe change the education system like i just think i, I just think we have like this thing the end test which i don't i don't do anymore obviously since i'm at this school but it was called the HSC, and it's basically your, I think you call them SATs, I don't know, um, I don't know what they're called, but we have uh, those, and then they're kind of unfair, because, you know, you kind of do it, whatever the your classmates get, it counts towards your score, even though it's an independent thing, it's actually really unfair, and then I just change it just to be more suiting to other people because a lot of people have anxiety towards tests and they like they're good students but and good and good at school but they just can't do that because it's a test and it's really stressful and I've kind of changed the whole system to be more like kind of like in INAC where you kind of have like a portfolio thing where you have loads of assignments that you kind of work, work right towards like a whole right yeah I was the same way as a yeah. kid when I when it came to tests and uh, um. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I always like asking that question because I, I find it interesting the things that, that people say, whether, you know, you talked about, like, things to make uh, the society or the living conditions a little better there. Sometimes I ask people and they, they say they talk about, like, security and safety. And it just made me think, like, I realized, you know, Australia and the United States, although we're so far apart, we share a common benefit and that we're both kind of blessed by geography and what I mean by that is you know we have two giant oceans on on either side of us in the US we got the Atlantic and the Pacific um, our neighbors to the north Canada are our best friends and we get along with Mexico to the south as well it's not like either one of those countries are gonna you know declare war on us tomorrow and we don't so we don't have to worry about stuff like that uh, Versus places like in Europe, you know, where, you know, there's a history of, of a lot of wars or the Middle East where there's just continuous fighting where you have a bunch of little countries all crammed in there together. And Australia is, is kind of like us in that, you know, you are surrounded by water. Um, your nearest neighbor, New Zealand, is, you know, you, they're not going to go to war with you. You guys are buddies. And uh, uh, so you, you have that sort of... Uh, benefit of not having to worry about those sorts of things and it's 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 always a it's always an interesting thing to pick up from you know talking about these things with different different people from different countries now like i mentioned i've never been to australia and so therefore i've never been to sydney um but for the people in our audience uh who have also not been there 
Uh, tell us, why do you think someone should go there? Why do you think someone should visit Sydney? Um, if I only had a few days in your country, what, what should I do? Should I go to the Outback and spend my time there and hang out in Alice Springs and make my way up to Darwin? Or should I go uh, do Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane uh, and stick to the coast? depends on the person but I'd suggest getting your time out uh, if you're going in the summer I'd say make you make your time worthy and just relax and go any just go to the beach because it's just such a good time because it's summer right now and it's basically hot all year round but not really in winter but I just say you know um go to the beach relax and then I'd also say go to a few things like the you know the things I've said that are saying that you're in Sydney, Luna, uh, Luna Park, Opera House, uh, um, and the Harbour Bridge, those things you can just look at really. They're not really that hard, and they're all really close to each other, so you can see all three in one Right, row. right. Very interesting. Okay, and so you mentioned about you wanted to work in art and video production and those types of things for a living. Is this something you see yourself doing in Australia, or... Uh, do you think uh, you'll move to another country? Where where does uh, adult Alex's life take place? Is it in Australia or? I'd actually say probably America. Um, I don't know. I just seem to have the better opportunities there, and it's just. I think I like the education system in America, and I think. I mean, I I I think I want to go to college in America, but I don't know if I'd work in America. If I wouldn't, I'd probably work in Europe somewhere because I kind of just want to, or Japan actually. Um, I just kind of I want to be have different. I want to have loads of different experiences in life because you know traveling. Right, right. I couldn't agree with you more. I I love traveling. I've been to a ton of places, and the more I go, the more I want to go to places. Um, what other places in the world? What other countries have uh, have you visited? What What were your favorites? So where where have you been in the world? to around like 20 countries um i've traveled a hell lot <laughs> um and that's why we're planning on going to america because that's you think if i've been to like so many countries i've been to america but not um no i've mainly been to europe and asia probably my favorite is germany because of the culture and i'd also say i like um other countries. I really liked Switzerland. It's probably my favorite place I've been. I went two years ago, and it the water's amazing. I went. Oh, I think your audio cut out. You still there? The last thing I heard you say was was snow. Yeah. Do you want to oh, start? Sorry. Are you still there? Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, do you want to start that I sentence over? I was. Switzerland. Switzerland, I've been. I liked the the water. Um, there, I liked. I liked everything about Switzerland, but it's very expensive. That's the one thing I'd complain about. You know, if you go for dinner, you better be willing to pay like two hundred dollars because it's just so expensive. Um, but they get paid a lot there, so they can afford it. Um, I I, I think. The shopping is very culturally the same to us. Um, it's just the whole environment. It's just so much better. It's just cleaner. It's just a whole different thing. And I really like Switzerland. It's probably my favorite country uh, alongside Japan. Right, right. Yeah, Japan is amazing. It's an amazing country to visit. Okay. Now, if you could travel anywhere in the world, so perhaps a place you've never been, where would you go? go like I said Japan and um, I haven't been to many I've been to quite a few Asian countries but not like I've actually gone out and I've only gone uh, I usually the most Asian countries I've been to I either stop there or I spend a few days I like the when I can actually explore it a little bit um, but Japan it just feels like a really really orderly place and I really like order and I think they have a lot of they don't have much crime there, so it's quite safe, and I like that. I also think every, their whole ecosystem and just their whole 
just how they've modernized everything and they've just they're very a very developed country if i had to say i'd say they're the most developed country because of how tech uh how advanced advanced they are and um i just like it and i really like the culture there and i think they have a lot of really nice ideas and a lot of landscape that they have like the whole city of tokyo and then if you and then you they have a lot of history like i want to go to hiroshima if you can go there if the like if the levels of radio well like what is what is it called radiation is low but i'd like to visit there because of the history and i'd also like to kind of go to the landscapes where there's a lot of forests there i'm planning on going we're planning on going there eventually maybe this year or next year so that'd be good we're traveling a lot this year Right, definitely. I would definitely encourage you to go to Hiroshima. Yes, you can go there. It's totally safe. Um, you know, she's referring to he's referring to the uh, atomic bomb uh, that we're covering in U.S. history right now, and um, you know that the levels of those of that bomb has 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 definitely died down. It's not like uh, you know, it's not like Chernobyl or something like that, and. Um, to see that city, uh, and you know, they have some obviously some ruins there that that have to do with World War II and some of the devastation and the museum there, the atomic bomb museum, I think it's called. It's 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 easily the best museum I've ever been to in the world. Um, and uh, no, I didn't live there, but I did teach there, uh, and it's you know, I I spent some time in Japan, and Hiroshima is actually my favorite favorite city in Japan. Food is good. The people are great. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything but good things to say about it. So yeah, if you get the opportunity, go. And uh, I know you like Tokyo, um, but you know, having I, I've I've been all over Japan and uh, Tokyo is amazing. Um, but I feel like Hiroshima is a more authentic Japanese experience, while Tokyo is more like you know, like New York. I guess it's it's just a big city. It's very global. You got people from all over the world. Yeah. All right. So, let's talk about language. Um, I know you. I know you mentioned uh, you speak a little bit of German, and obviously you speak English. Uh, what are you know? What languages are most common in your country besides English? What are the What are the most popular ones? Uh, uh, Mandarin. We have a lot of Asian culture here. It's uh, I'd say Australians just a mix between a lot of Asian culture and English culture and yeah, I there's a and just to go on the question added onto that, do I speak any other languages? I do speak a bit of Spanish because I took that for two years in school, so I, I have a bit of knowledge in that. All right, very good. So that's a wrap for our show. So uh, we'll have you say the uh, farewell now. Normally we have people say it in you know the language that's native to their country, but since that's you know you speak English, and we're just gonna have you say it in your awesome sounding uh, Australian accent. So the, the farewell there, if you could read that to our listeners. Thank you for listening to the INACA Traveler. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please listen again in the future for more exciting episodes. Excellent. Thank you very much, Alex, for coming on and telling us about your life in Australia. Uh... Calling all K-12 INACA writers. Cal, the community of writers, will have its first meeting Friday, September 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Cal will explore writing, writing contests. You will be invited to collaborate on writing projects, and you could be the featured writer of the month. See the Schoolhouse Message Board or contact Ms. Scheinberg via webmail for more details. It will be marvelous to see you there. Hi, INACA students. We would like to invite you to be a part of a digital revolution to showcase your learning. There are so many awesome digital tools you can use, from PictoChart to create a poster for social studies, MediaChalk to present information in language arts, Sway to share your knowledge about science, and Storybird to write a story incorporating math. There are so many other digital resources out there, so reach out to your teachers to see how you can digitize your portfolios and other assessments. We would love to see your digital projects.
So Mrs. Sosa is going to provide more information about Digital Learning Day 2018. We hope you've enjoyed the show and thank you for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting episodes from all over the world. Traveling. It leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. Our song today is Puncherello Highway by Road to Arcadia. If you or someone you know would like to be interviewed for the Inaka Traveler podcast, webmail me by searching for my name in the directory as Jason Agins, J-A-S-O-N-A-G-I-N-S, or ask your teacher to get in touch with me. I'd love to hear your story and to share it with our community. If you are a club or a teacher looking to promote your honor society or organization or club, feel free to record a brief audio spot and send it over to me to include in our future episodes. Thank you for listening, and as I say to the traveler and each and every one of you, get to know your classmates, embrace each other's culture, network them, and make friends. Go ahead and be the change, take that first step, reach out to a classmate, and build that friendship. You'll be glad you did.